0: Hello, and welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'm joined with Adam. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Craig.
1: Hey, how you doing, everyone?
0: So we just wrapped up the Wyndham Championship at Sedgeville Country Club in North Carolina. Uh, What are your first thoughts, guys? What did you think? Jim Herman took it down. Uh, Pretty impressive stuff there on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's... Impressive what Jim Herman did. He went 61 63 on the weekend, came from way back in the FedEx Cup standings. From I have it somewhere here in my notes, um, but now 192 to 52nd. Uh, with this win, I think this is, I mean, I know he's in his 40s, but this is a career win for him. It's on one of the biggest stages, and he made a statement on the weekend to get there.
0: Yeah, I think that I heard that. 192 to 54, I think uh, Amanda Balionis said it was the largest jump they've ever had in FedEx Cup standings at the Wyndham. So it's pretty impressive stuff. What do you think, Craig?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it was super impressive. Um, I had never heard of Jim Herman before uh, this weekend. so um, But he has apparently won before on tour. Uh he was super impressive though. I thought, I mean, you we, we talk about the a lot of these top guys and how they don't seem to when the moments there, they don't seem to have the killer instinct. Um I thought I thought he was super like the uh I think it was a five iron he hit into eighteen there. He ended up missing the putt. But that was just one of those shots that you're like, yeah, this guy, this guy's gonna win golf tournaments. Um he's not he's not you know he's not getting a little tight over that last shot. Uh, it was great.
2: I I enjoyed. Well, I don't I don't know if we can say he's going to win golf tournaments. I think we can say that he's won golf tournaments now. I, I don't know if there's many more wins. I mean, on his horizon. I think uh, not to discredit this. I think he should celebrate this and have have a great time in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And it sounds like he'll hopefully kind of make the top seventy to play a couple of weekends. Um, but I don't know if that means I don't think this is a Kickstarter to a, a new career for him.
0: I'm gonna have to uh, agree with Adam on that one. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but it was
2: I, like he, he, he was bogey free. I mean, 61 63, he was super impressive down the stretch.
0: It's super, impressive. yeah. I, I guess, think, I, I guess think it's I the mean. kind of guy, I think it's the kind of guy who he's been around enough to know that when he gets these chances, take a shot, you know, exactly. There's nothing, yeah. to, nothing to lose, might as well go for it. And if you look at his history. It's a lot of miss cuts, missed cuts, you know, and then a good result that uh, maybe sneaks into the top ten or something. And I think this is his third career win, so he's shown he can do it. But I don't think he, I don't think he's got a maybe a whole lot left. Hey, look, Jim, prove us wrong. Another interesting yeah. thing about Jim is I, I'm pretty sure last week at the PGA Championship there were some club pros that they gave better odds than they gave to him to win it. So yeah. Um, you know, he's proven the donors.
1: The one thing I I was going to say is there's a lot of guys who have been around the PGA as long as he has, and um, they're not going to win golf tournaments. I don't mean, I don't mean I, I think that he has a long future of winning golf tournaments. I mean, he put himself in a position, he's going to win golf tournaments. Like there's, there's type of guys who are going to win golf tournaments and there's type of guys that are not going to win golf tournaments, even when they're there. And uh, yeah, he, he showed that killer instinct, which um, you can't say that about all these guys.
0: That's true. All, all, you got a point there. Um, who else impressed you, didn't impress you? Good, I mean, bad, I think ugly.
2: We have to talk about the, uh, I don't know, the front nine collapse of Siwoo, if you want to call it. Siwoo Kim taking out driver, I think, on six and eight, losing his ball, going double bogey and bogey, I mean, he was two strokes up on everyone to start the day. He had, he had an ace on Saturday. Then he almost had a second ace on Saturday. Like, he was, his strokes gain stats were unbelievable. He was doing it. He, he seemed unbeatable. And then he just kind of fell apart.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I also, it felt like even after, I mean, there was the one big mistake on six where they were they were all on him for taking the driver there and then again on eight um but even after that i felt like he actually did a decent job of of still trying to come back and, and get in contention uh he missed a lot of putts like he he had it felt like it he had three or four putts that could have dropped and didn't when he was you know, when he was onto the back nine and, and trying to come back. And it was just at, at that point, he had made mistakes and, and missing the putts after that. Uh, there's not really going to be a whole lot of chance to to make up for the mistakes as other people are making birdies.
2: And speaking of putts, I don't know if uh, everyone saw it, but on five today, Jim Herman sank a, I think it was a 59-foot bomb for Eagle.
0: For Eagle, yeah. Um,
2: and I, I mean, I don't think he was, he was kind of making the broadcast at that point but that kind of that that pushed him up top that
1: was yeah but i do think that um one of the things that impressed me most about him today was his leg putting and so the way he had he put on a lot of those holes on the on the back nine when you know it was uh it was a green in reg but it was about as far from the pin in reg as you could be um he's the kind of guy where if you're playing with him. There's, You know that he's going to make some long ones because all the yeah. long ones he hits look like they have a chance.
2: What about Billy Hurt, Horschel? I mean, he had the birdie putt on 18. He had Doc Redmond's putt, I mean, like a foot to like 11 you're, o'clock. In you're front not going to get a
0: better read. You're not going to get a chance to have a better read <laughs> for a putt to force a playoff than, than what he had. Uh, Redmond, like you say, is virtually on the same line. Um, I, I think, you know, they're saying on the broadcast, Oh, that one broke and, and Redmond's in. I feel like Horschel started at middle of the hole at best. I don't think he, I don't think he put it on the right edge. Like it looked like it had to be. Yeah.
1: Um, but. All, although I, I do find cause, uh, docks was a little bit off. Like the line was, you know, a half foot maybe to the left. um, sometimes that can be tricky because then you put too much stock into the putt you just saw and you don't necessarily, like if you put the same read on it, then that's not always right. So you still need to kind of shift that over to your line. And it's one of those ones where I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say I, I'm reading putts better than Billy Horschel, but, um, yeah, I, I, I just, also- uh, it also looked
0: like he wasn't. Either,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was never going to bring
2: that up. <laughs> it it looked like he was almost like twenty feet like beside him. He wasn't really trying to get a good look at it.
1: Did anyone else oh, notice that when when Doc was putting?
2: Yeah, I don't I know. Didn't,
1: I didn't notice. He
2: that. didn't want did to get. That. Uh,
0: I don't know. Did you notice? Did you see the clip of the the what the guy at the US amateur this weekend though? Who was yeah. really right behind? <laughs> a, no, hey, hey, get out of here. Hey, get out of here. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's also when Jim Herman uh took his uh bottle of water and then smacked himself in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah. The I love how much yeah. fun the broadcast had with that, actually. Yeah.
0: I mean the guy um, you could imagine, well. We could all imagine what that would be like to have a, a life changing amount of money and opportunity on the horizon. <laughs> You're just trying to do whatever you can to stay on your feet. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Especially when you know you've got a cameras on you too. Exactly. Exactly. Um as far as Billy goes though, I mean he was hitting the ball so well there. Uh like his shot into seventeen, his shot into fourteen, like he had other chances too, which uh it, I mean in some ways, it felt like he was the one who should have won that tournament. It just didn't I was go say, in. I
2: think for 75% of the day today, I thought it was Horschel's tournament. Yeah, without Really without much drama, to be honest.
1: I, yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I can't didn't actually, say. I thought he might just pull away and it was not going to be a great finish.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't say I was really rooting for him too hard. Billy Horschel was pretty impressive most of the day. Um, obviously, he had a little slip slip at the end there but you know he, he had a good day as well and uh Jim Herman yeah I mean yeah 63 almost a 62 would have iced it yeah not even giving Billy a chance so um, yeah to make a to make a birdie to have to make a birdie on a on a what was it a 510 yard par four um where you're hitting the second shot you're hitting in is downhill oftentimes and I mean it's a it's a big ask Billy gave it a good run. Um, yeah.
2: I, th- I think looking at the leaderboard, I mean, going to the Wyndham, we kind of thought, I mean, we were spoiled by the PGA and the, the w- WGC the week before. And, like, maybe this field isn't the best field. It might be, you know, it's an easy course. But, I mean, looking at the leaderboard, it was, I think it's impressive the names he beat. You go down, you got Kisner. You got Simpson, who's won here. Doc Redman, Siwoo Kim, Zach Johnson, Varner III, Patrick Reed. I mean, big names. You go a lot
1: further down. You see Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, miscut. It's like um, Justin Rose. You'll see a few other names down there. (laughs) To
0: to be fair, though, you know those guys were never really in the you know in in a a threat to win. I I have in my my notes here that Kisner and. I have in my notes here that Kisner and Simpson, I think both are pretty backdoor top five guys, um, which is part of the reason they're household names.
2: Yes, and no. I mean, they, I agree with that, but there's also 61s out there. We, I mean, from yeah. the tournament. And so someone could have made a big move.
1: It's true. Yeah. Web, it looked like when, I think it was when he had the Eagle Pad on 15, um, that that was like the one point where if he was going to post that was, he had to get, you know, he had to Eagle there and then make a birdie or two after that on the way in. Um, Yeah. But yeah, no, I I agree. It's not like it ever felt like they were an imposing name on the leaderboard that all the other guys had to be worrying about.
2: Yeah. They weren't breathing down the neck. I agree. It was a, it was a backdoor
1: for sure.
0: So is there anybody else on the leaderboard that you guys would like to bring up? Any
1: I mean, I didn't even realize till after the tournament that Patrick Reed had a top 10. That'll show up on his stat sheet as a top 10, but I didn't even realize that was happening.
2: His yeah. wife will love that for his uh, <laughs> official world golf
1: ranking. <laughs> uh, I was super well, impressed by Doc.
0: Yeah, I was too. So um, moment of the tournament, Craig, what uh, What'd you think?
1: Good, bad, ugly? Okay, so good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, You know, the price is right. The showcase showdown, it was always better when there was a bit of a theme to it. (laughs) So the theme uh, this week is the FedEx Cup, and there was a lot at stake for a lot of these guys. Uh, So the good this week is Zach Johnson, who started the week at uh, 129th, had to play his way in. Um, He was on... The cut line um, – he was actually – sorry, he was outside the cut line on Friday. Right. He teed off on the 10th, and he was coming in to, to finish. He birdied 7 and 8 uh, to make the cut by on the number. And then he went 61-65 on the weekend to, to finish the job and get enough points. So, um, that, I mean, you don't think of a guy – I mean, Zach Johnson's been around forever, but you think he's kind of still – hanging around inside the 125 so uh it was impressive to see him get it done and and, and make it because a lot of other guys did not no um,
2: good on him good on him to make that and um i mean yeah you love to see those guys make those moves to make the 125 i also rostered him on my saturday showdown so uh yeah zach johnson <laughs> was good this weekend
1: but it wasn't until I went back. Like, I saw he had made the cut on the number. Um, but when I went back and saw that he went birdie, birdie, par to, to make the cut on the number, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, the bad, speaking of
0: that, Jim, yeah. Jim Herman made, birdied three of his last four on Friday, I believe, to make He cut.
2: did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On the number? At three? I'm not sure if it was on the number or not. No, but... he,
2: he birdied three of the last four, but he kind of gave himself a little bit of breathing room there.
1: Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But he needed,
2: he needed birdies coming in.
1: Gotcha. So on that theme, uh, Kyle Stanley. Um, he ended up missing the cut on the number. He was uh, 130 going in this week, so he needed oh. he needed to find some points. Uh, he was minus. He also uh, was a 10t start on Friday. He was minus four. Going into number nine and made a double bogey uh to miss the cut by one. Um uh, I mean, he still would have had to do some work on the weekend, but uh yeah, that's that's the bad for sure. That's I, I, I can only imagine he feels a bit gutted about it. It, it was just a messy yeah. short game double and you know, <laughs> I've been there a few times and um Yeah. I've never had anything close to those kind of stakes, so I can only imagine how he feels. Um, and the ugly, this one made the broadcast a bit, but Rafa cabrera Bayo, he, uh, oh, he was 137 man. going into the week. Um, he ended up finishing, um, where is he here? He ended up finishing T37 at minus eight, uh, but he bogeyed 16, 17, 18 uh, to finish 129th in the FedEx Cup. Oh, no. uh, if he would have parred in, I think so. The way I calculated it, if he would have parred in, he would have uh, been right there at 125. So I, I don't know how they tiebreaker anything oh, like that. God. Uh, yeah, bogey, bogey bogey. They're all uh, they're either three putts or chunks, chips, or something like that.
0: And I, th- I, I think yeah, think ugly. It Luffer comes down can- to fractional enough points that I, I believe they're always separated. I s like I've never heard
1: of a tie at one twenty-five, but so he um, would have had a half point like if he would have stayed at um at eleven under with the T twenty five at eleven under he would have had that half fraction of a point, but I don't know on like the FedEx cup standings, it doesn't show the fractional points. So I don't know if the guy he ended up tied with had any, any fractional fractional points or not, but yeah, so he'll be going home. I wrote about him last
2: night for the Sunday showdown and his stats, he was actually losing strokes T to green coming into Sunday, but you know, sometimes these guys, they got that extra motivation they're going to start firing up pins. This is an easy course. I mean, minus 20 is out there for the winner. So I'm like, all right, let's, uh, Ra- Rafa's got it kind of, he- he's been around the block a couple of times. He, you know, he knows what he's doing. He goes birdie, birdie to start the day. And I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, what a outstanding selection. this guy <laughs> I mean, he's going to go so low. He's going to kind of be middle of pack and then like play his way into a top 10. And he just collapsed I- on the first part three there. He, there is like that tiny creek that's maybe forty yards in front of the hole and he found it and I was like oh on the, on the
1: front. Yeah on seven. Yeah. But even still, like he was still in position three holes to go and yeah. bogey bogey.
2: Yeah, that was ugly. That I, I I mean, I don't know if I feel for him or <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: Um, that so Adam, Adam, who are your three stars for this week then?
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna try a little three star format, um, kind of like the uh, hockey that we like here in Canada. So I'm gonna dish out three oh. stars at the end of the weekend.
0: Reminds me, I gotta check in on that score right now.
2: Is there a Canucks game going on? There's right now? a
0: Canucks game on. Surprise, up two zero in the series here. Oh, and one nothing tonight.
1: Oh, that is the a surprise. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs>
2: My third star of the week is Segundo Olivia Pinto. Had uh, any of you guys heard of him before this week or uh, up until this point?
1: Yeah, I've, I've been heard. The, yeah. the U.S. Amateur quite <laughs> close. No, I have not. No, heard so
2: of. I was—I think I was making dinner um, sometime. I think it was Friday night, and Twitter started blowing up about this incident at the U.S. Amateur, and so there's. Poor kid. He's got this caddy from Bannon Dunes, who's kind of new to the course and new to the caddy, Uh caddy, I guess. The match is all squared on eighteen, and the caddy kind of hops into the bunker. The USF amateur, the, chain, the round of sixteen, and the caddy kind of gives like this wrestle of the sand, like he's kind of rubbing a kid's like hair. He's like testing it out, and it gets caught on broadcast. It's an automatic forfeit of that hole and he loses and he loses to Tyler Stafauci, who went on to win so the reason he's my three stars I mean not that that happened to him but how he responded and the class he showed afterwards immediately saying that I mean he's putting no fault in the caddy he completely forgives him he he mentioned he called the caddy after the fact he posted on his social media that he completely forgives him I think I don't know he's a class act he's my third star.
0: It's a good pick. Yeah, I, I did see that. Um, you think part of that was because he didn't think he could hit the shot or what? <laughs> he's like, I, it's I, okay. I, it's okay, man. I forgive you. I forgive you. It's, you know, it's cool.
2: <laughs> I mean, who, who knows what would have happened. It was still the round of 16. There's a lot of golf to be played, but I think there's, it's probably the biggest moment up until his, for this. I mean, he's a sophomore in college for this kid's career and to respond like that with all the cameras around and meet, I mean, even Jim Herman wasn't that cool under pressure when he had a one
0: stroke.
2: (laughs) He was drinking the cap on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I just think a lot of class. Uh, Yeah. Great kid from Uh, Argentina. I'm going to keep an eye on him and hope he has a a stellar future.
0: I agree. That's a, that's a classy way to, to handle that. You know, I don't know that I would have handled it the same way at that point in my life, I, I'd like to think maybe now, maybe, but uh, yeah, good yeah on
2: everyone you. likes to think that they would respond the correct way, but he I actually mean, did. We've, we've seen yeah. uh,
1: you don't always. It's easier to have perspective when you're not 20 years old in the biggest yeah. tournament of your life and
2: throw a mature Thomas Peters or Sergio Garcia in that situation, and I think
1: it goes a little bit differently,
2: maybe. <laughs> my second star of the week is Jerry Kelly, who. I won't say break broke through cause he's been around golf for decades, but won his first major winning the Bridgestone senior players championship this weekend with a three under final score. Only one other golfer was uh, under par and Jerry Kelly actually had an exclamation mark on the Sunday with a hole in one on the 12th hole. Um, he's been cleaning up on the championship seven wins since 2017, but this is his first major. So I mean, huge win for Jerry Kelly. No, my pick yeah. of, the of the week, but
0: I uh, I was going into Sunday a little bit more interested in that one actually than uh, than the Wyndham Championship. I was I was looking if there was any value out there for any of those guys around the top of the leaderboard that I had a soft yeah. spot for. But uh, Jerry, he was impressive. Held on to his lead, and I think at one, I mean, he had a big cushion going into into sixteen. I know it looks like he dropped a couple shots towards the end, but. Uh, Obviously yeah, I think he had, had he double do.
2: bogeyed eighteen, but he knew exactly yeah. who he was and yeah. just kind of put it along to get
1: yeah. get in
2: the get in the clubhouse and get the win. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. That, that's a that's an awesome win. And then my first start of the week has to be Jim Herman. Started one ninety two in the FedEx Cup, ended fifty four with his win. Big mm-hmm. as you said, Kevin, the biggest jump in FedEx Cup history. The week before the FedEx Cup playoffs and diving a little bit deeper how he did it he only missed two fairways and three greens in regulation all weekend just classic fairway green make i mean make his bomb for eagle or make his birdie and and yeah he stood above the rest he's number one star
0: well thank you very much for that adam i wanted to uh, highlight the us amateur a little bit which we've already touched on but tyler strafacci Managed to get it done in the fog tonight. Um, that was that was pretty bizarre. You guys see that? No yeah, that has. was it was awesome. I mean, it was cool, but I mean, it would, it's also I I can't say I've ever seen that. At, I
2: think it was the tee shot on seventeen that I saw where I don't you couldn't even see the, the ball. Like you couldn't yeah, see anything.
0: You couldn't see anything, and then and then on seventeen as well um, when uh, Osborne hit his his approach shot in there you could. he had no idea like yeah. th- we knew that it was it was good but i don't think tyler had any idea where it was yeah so yeah i think he went aggressive he had a poor shot there and and yeah he was two up with three to play i think yeah and then um uh, lost the 16th lost the 17th and hit two great shots on to the par 5 18th and missed yeah, missed had the eagle a putt 15 but, footer uh, for eagle. yeah Good on and him. Then,
2: Good on him. So He also I mean, I saw a little package there of how he won. I mean, there was uh Olivia Pinto who had the caddy kind of jump in the bunker. I think the player after that, who was I'm blanking on his name, on eighteen, this is all on eighteen, hit two into the driver into the lip. lip. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, the guy the guy he's playing went driver off the deck on really? eighteen. And yeah, and I think he went OB. So every oh, no. time on 18, kind of Tyler found a way to, to get his W, and hey, good on him.
0: Yeah, good on him. Um, so what did you guys think of Band and Dunes? Did you see, did you get I to mean, see much of it over there?
1: Over the... I, I didn't get to see much of it at all. I mean, I've heard everything things about Band and Dunes. I think Band it's on every,
2: yeah, every golfer's pocket uh, list for sure.
1: I, I saw a pretty
0: funny tweet by Max Holm saying uh comparing people who have played band and band and dunes to vegans. Because so, if you don't <laughs> know about it already, you will. I <laughs> like uh, that. You know, it's not too far for us guys. Just down the coast yeah, a little not. bit.
2: Yeah. And that might so not to be a trip.
0: It's a trip. I think we might have to make. Did you see, I saw another clip from there this week. Uh, I, and I wish I I had her name, but the girl who the, the lady had,
2: with the putter,
0: with yeah, who made yeah. a hole in one with a putter, yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, look it up. It's it's a crazy <laughs> clip. I don't know why I don't know why she's hitting a putter or what she's doing, but uh, on Sheep Ranch at Bandon Dune, she <laughs> she had a putter on a par three and made a hole in one. <laughs>
2: it was an unbelievable clip I I yeah I didn't see a lot of damage the, the USM uh, this weekend but that course looked like it showed really well and one of the comments I saw was that why are all these guys hitting it high into this course I mean it's a it's links so you got to keep it low and and I saw this video pop up on Twitter of this girl getting the hole in one with the putter yeah, yeah. here's
0: how you do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. I definitely, it's, it's a bucket list place for me. There's no doubt about it. So um, hopefully I can get there before my game completely falls apart here in the next (laughs) few years. Um, What do you, so um, you know, we're heading into the playoffs now after Wyndham. Who do you think, whose stocks rising, whose stocks falling? Who are you guys looking at to maybe make a move here in the playoffs? earn a little bit of extra cash at the end of the season here?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I can start here. I think I was kind of battling my stock up, but ultimately I uh, landed on Sung J M, who, I mean, I seem to love every week. He's just, he's just one of those golfers that I think will show up. But he's had a rough, I mean, for him, relatively, he's had kind of a rough go since the restart. I think he's only had one top 10 in the last, Seven or so tournaments. I feel like he's one of these guys that plays every week and he's kind of thrown from his rhythm. And I think he needed a kind of a tune up before FedEx Cup playoffs. And I think this was the perfect tune up. He was eighth in strokes gain, T to green, fourth in strokes gain off the tee. I think, I mean, he's he doesn't have to make a move. He's fifth in the FedEx Cup playoffs, but I think he's definitely a name that will start to kind of continue to rise up through the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one because I, I mean, since it's been two months since he top ten at the at the Schwab with a tie for tenth, yeah. And so he really, uh, he really hasn't been showing much of recent. So it is nice to see. I mean, it's a weaker field, but still, you, you, you know, he played good golf.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he, I feel like he's just one of the best ball strikers when he's on his game, and I think that showed. And I think his, especially his strokes in off the tee, will translate hopefully well into next week
1: how about you craig you what seen? do you want to do year down first adam
2: ah sure we can talk about stock down we already mentioned just in, just in case he
0: is your up guy Craig. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't get any ideas here uh i don't know sorry my stock down is brooks kapka I mean what's going on? <laughs> what's going on with you, Brooks you you call everyone out on Saturday night of the PGA Championship you completely fall off the leaderboard there you come because you need to make some kind of move you come to the Wyndham cuz you have to make some kind of moves in the FedEx Cup playoffs you end up being 5 strokes off the cut after Friday I mean you admitted you're tired you're I don't think your knee's 100%, your body's 100%. You took back some of the words you said Saturday night at the PGA Championship.
0: Well, I don't know. Took back, had to eat. You know.
2: had, to, yeah. had to eat. I think, I mean, his stock's going down, but he is also one of those guys who pops. I, I don't know. Whenever I seem to be off him, he responds. Yeah,
0: when he, when his he back's against the wall. Yeah. When he, he he When he feels like he's being disrespected and needs to prove people wrong. That's when he yeah. seems to come with his best stuff sometimes. So when
2: I was doing a little bit of research into Boston for next week. It looks like uh, having some distance off the T can help. And he has a pretty decent history at TBC Boston. So maybe, I mean, I, I think I mentioned to Craig earlier in the week on one of our shows that he seems like he could be the guy to win and move up very quickly in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So maybe this is his chance to, but right now he's trending down for me.
1: Yeah, I've just got to be honest. I with Brooks, I've been off. Like I, I got to see it first. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be early yeah. on Brooks. I'll, I'll let, I'll <laughs> let it go and and be happily, not... happily let him come back and win one before I'm, I'm gonna be back, back on the bandwagon because, um, you know, it, it's been he had what a he had a second place there at at St Jude, but, uh, yeah. There's been, there's been too many misses in the last couple months.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just not
1: clicking
0: for him right now. How about you, Craig? Who's rising? Who's falling?
1: Uh, stock up. Uh, I've got Doc Redmond. Um, I, I like Doc a lot. He's, he's flashed in, in my model um, for a few months now. Uh, he finished tie for third he won as these guys as it matters a lot to these guys more than the tie for third he won $300,000 which is a nice little payday mm-hmm. um that's that's his second best finish uh he had a second place uh last year he's 22 years old like i feel like it, i feel like people don't realize how he, young he is
2: yeah um, i knew he was a young guy i didn't know he was that young though i mean a lot of these young guys they'll be kind yeah. of 25
1: 26 24 25 yeah yeah Um, but he's 22. He, like, I think his game is better than he is given credit for just because he hasn't had high profile finishes. Um, he's 36 in strokes gain total, uh, 22nd off the tee and 13th in approach on the season, which like, those are, those are not numbers that I think if, if there was another 22 year old putting up those numbers, it seems like they would be getting more, more press and more hype, but I think just yeah. because of where his uh where his finishes have come, they're not in the biggest tournaments. Um I, I think that uh Doc's a guy I want to be I'm not gonna wait on Doc. I want to be an early uh early adopter on Doc Redmond.
0: An early adopter yeah, you...
1: if you will. Oh,
0: uh, oh. low-hanging fruit there. <laughs> So who do you have as a faller then, Craig? Uh,
1: my faller, and he has fallen right out of the FedEx playoffs, um, but my faller was almost also my pick to win the tournament, uh, Sergio Garcia. <laughs> um, Sergio, like everything, Sergio should have been someone like Zach Johnson that, that you know, use this tournament as a springboard into the playoffs. Everything should be pointing that direction. His, his, he's third off the tee in strokes in the season, but um, he's just not getting it done. He, 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 he ended up minus three today, but um, it just was not a great tournament. He was, you know, he barely, he gained half a stroke around off the tee, which are not even close to his numbers. And then, he lost around the green and putting and it, it's just for, for the strength of this field, Sergio needs to go out there and do more than he did. And so we won't see him for a few weeks, but I'm not going to be super high on him uh, when we're back around us open time. And for the,
2: the course, I mean, it's a course where he should just eat up. There, I mean, I know the greens have a lot of bend in them and he's not, I mean, that's where he's struggling now, but yeah, I mean I he stung me too much in the PGA Championship. I, I kind of I I tried to give you the warning that Sergio is maybe not the guy to back right now. <laughs> but yeah, he I don't know. Well, he should, I mean he was, he's he's a wash
1: on part. approach this week. Like you don't think of Sergio as being a two tour average player approaching the green. Or at least yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so no, I think how those are we, good picks.
1: What, uh, you've got some stock up, stock down?
0: You know what? Not really. Um, there, there wasn't anybody that changed my, that I changed my opinion about too much. I was looking at, I often am a big fan of the Wyndham. I think it's very compelling stuff when guys are playing for their, for their jobs. Um, but with that not really being the case this year, I, I, I uh, I wasn't as into it. Um, I'm happy yeah. for, for Herman. You know, good win for him. Um, a lot of the guys that you sort of expect to be up in that tournament, you know, Simpson, I think, has has had good finishes there for the last five or six years, I think, every year. So he was up there in the top five again. And Kisner, I think, has been up there before, too. Reed, I believe, was up there yeah, last year. One. Yeah, he's um, one. So, you know, those guys all made their way to the top of the leaderboard. I think Sanjay it's nice to see him uh getting back up into the around the top of the leaderboard because he's a guy that I thought was gonna be you know, I I figured he played every single day during the break, so I thought he was gonna mm-hmm. come out of it being ready to go and I was a little so bit surprised yeah. that he uh I think he had some missed cuts right off the bat and stuff and and uh or or poor finishes anyways.
2: A few missed cuts, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, nice to see him playing well. Um, I can't say I'm a fan of either of your fades in terms of being a fan of the player. So I'm happy to fade those guys (laughs) to your fallers. I I, I do have to completely agree with you with it being kind
2: of the shortened COVID year. It did feel a little bit less about kind of the significance of the FedEx cup playoffs.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so then yeah, I, mean, I I've got one more real quick cuz this was almost my stock up guy. Um Harris English, he had a very quiet -12 tie for 23. Um he a lot of people are are wondering whether his going into the playoffs and going into these next few majors like he, he's performed great this year. Um and people don't quite know where he is, but I I'm I'm a believer. I I think I think his game is real. Um I think that yeah, I think that depending on where I mean, for in, in terms of DFS, depending on where he's valued, I think that he does show value in some of these terms moving forward. Um, and then if if there's nothing else uh, on on the windom before we move forward, the one last note I wanted to make was, uh, and I don't, I'm not saying there's conspiracy, but mm-hmm. uh, the guy who ended up finished one twenty fifth on the bubble was Wyndham Clark,
0: which, (laughs) I mean,
1: Wyndham now guarantees that the the name's there in the next weeks. I don't know. Uh, I think that sounds a little fishy.
2: The one, my kind of honorary stock up, I think the only other guy to play in for the weekend that we didn't mention, we mentioned Herman Zach Johnson was Shane Lowry. So he, he did play in. he limped in in there a little bit. I mean, I like to see
0: it. I like to see it.
2: Could have made more of a statement to get in there, but hey, he got in. He got in.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: he
1: was 70-67 on the weekend, but um, you know he sixty three on Friday. Apparently, yeah, he had to cancel a trip. That's
2: right. He had to cancel a trip uh, with his boys next weekend because he wasn't <laughs> sure if he was going to make it. <laughs> um,
0: is there? Do you guys want to recap any of your picks from the week? Anything noteworthy you want to mention there? Uh, uh no, not really. I had. Brian, i my more stunned
2: my uh, six for six lineup with a what was it Craig a double bogey on 18 on Friday to miss the cut
1: oh what did he end up he well, was bogey no he bogeyed to miss by one but he also he missed so he bogeyed 14 he missed this 15 was par 5 he parred there and then he bogeyed 18 to to end up at minus two and, and miss on but wasn't he like 44 percent owned or something ridiculous in that or was that your other one he was twenty percent owned
2: in the uh, in one of the large DraftKings contests, and he—I mean the, the he only moved the needle from the six of six lineups, I think, from twelve to eight percent through. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's stuck on me. I only had two lineups in, and I thought I was going to be fifty percent of the lineups with six or six, and that lineup included Doc Redman. So it would have been nice if he got through. Well-
1: I was actually thinking I'm a little choked. I did not put any lineups in because, um, I would have had some with Webb, Horschel, Redman, uh, Harris English. Like I, I would have had some, some decent lineups if I would have, uh, you know, paired the right guys together. in one and, of my 20 lineups, if I would have got the right guys together.
2: Props to our model. I think our value picks were, I think at least the top eight made the cut at the very least. Um, they kind of finish somewhere. They're kind of scattered, but I mean, the model. Well, was- and
1: some of the top ones, like Bud Call, he's always up there. And, yeah. uh, who is the other guy that I noticed? Oh, Hoagie. Hoagie was another guy who was up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Roger Sloan, I guess, last shout out, low Canadian. He didn't quite yeah, do I, enough to get into think- the FedEx Cup. Yeah, I saw that. He just missed. Oh, Roger Sloan. There. There. Yeah. <laughs> I might have jumped on too early, but.
0: <laughs> um yeah, I like I say, I I as you guys know, I'm not as not as much into the daily stuff, but I like to put my wagers down, you know, pre week and then I tinker a little bit during the week, depending on how it's going. And Brendan Brendan Todd was the only one that jumped out at me. I thought with the way he's been playing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, unfortunately Brendan didn't make the cut. I thought a lot of fairways was gonna be what what you know, an important part of this tournament and a lot of fairways. And then on, I made a, a small wager on going into Sunday on Rob Oberman, Opperman, Oppenheim, yep. Yep. Oppenheim. not somebody that, as you can tell, I've, I've heard on <laughs> television often, um, but I, you know, I read about him a little bit every, so 18 years as a professional and every year he's had to try to earn his yeah. card. So, you know, quintessential journeyman grinder. So, I was thinking that'd be a nice story. But, uh,
2: so uh, speaking of small wagers, I saw on Twitter last night that someone put on 500k for Siwoo to win on Saturday night at plus 125. Oof. I mean, all I can say is only wager what you're willing to lose. So, that person must have a pretty decent bankroll, but 500k on a Saturday night to back Siwoo Kim. I mean, he's, I don't know. He's a volatile player. That seemed a little bit crazy.
0: Yeah, it does seem a little crazy to me. <laughs> so, are you guys ready to move on then to the Northern Trust?
1: Yeah, let's go. Yeah, do just it. one last thing. If it does make you feel any better about, about, uh, um, Rob Oppenheim, he did make a nice, cool hundred thousand dollars today. I, so.
0: It does make me feel better, you know. Yeah. I like, I like but he might
1: still guys. have to do some work to keep his to keep his card, but at least yeah, it makes well, for a good season. It does, yeah.
0: I was I was rooting for him. They're actually coming down the stretch. I was looking at what it was going to take for him to get into the playoffs, but he unfortunately didn't get up there. So, um, yeah. the Northern Trust next week, guys. TPC Boston, par seventy one, seven thousand two hundred sixteen yards. Um, Obviously, first playoff event. You got the the full field of, of guys there. Uh, exciting. Tiger's back. Obviously, that's enough for me to get up, <laughs> get up for That's it. enough
2: to get the TV crews out there and on full coverage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's got to do a little bit of work if he wants to get into the Tour Championship. Uh, I think he's sitting somewhere in the 40s or 50s right now. So yeah, he's got a couple weeks pretty well locked down, but then he's... He needs to do some work, so I'm I'm looking for Tiger to
1: make so make some noise. So we were talking about this a little bit on uh, on Friday when we were doing the cut show with Tiger. The I mean, with his financial situation, and I think the primary goal for him at this point in terms of golf is is 19 majors. So if he was, you know, a little bit iffy in terms of physically where he's at, do you think he sits out the potential you know, fifteen million dollars, whatever it is this year. FedEx got playoffs to try to be fully ready for the U.S. Open, or do I, you think, I think he's still motivated by? Well,
0: I I believe that you're on the right track. With the most important thing is uh, nineteen, but I think that that the bigger picture is legacy for Tiger now, right? That's all that's left for him to play for is his legacy and and records, so. You know, something like the only three time FedEx Cup winner. That sounds pretty good. But isn't and, one of those
1: like one of those sketchy like didn't win the last tournament but won the cup and
0: Yeah, but I mean that's because that was a reflection of him absolutely
1: destroying <laughs> people all year. <laughs> and how and, broken the system was there for a while.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the the way they do it they do it now. Last year was the first year they did it any other way, right? So Yeah. That wasn't the only time that happened. He almost snuck up and won it when he won the Tour Championship there. When Justin Rose won, right? I think Justin Rose finished in like a tie for sixth or tie for fifth or something like that, and that was the lowest place he could finish and win. Mm -hmm. So, um,
2: so say say Tiger plays his way into the Tour Championship, and then we so he plays three weeks, takes the Safeway Open off. I'm assuming, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe not. Uh maybe he wants to go to Napa, I don't know. But then he's got the US Open. So what is that? Four tournaments in 5 weeks? Uh, yeah. Can he hold up?
1: Well, that's what you're talking about on on Friday there, like obviously he that's his goal right now. If he's playing in the Northern Trust, he's doing it cuz he thinks he can go through the playoffs. Exactly. But
0: Yeah. You know, I I don't necessarily see winged foot as one of his best opportunities either so that's what i
1: I was gonna say as well
0: i think that one in november has kind of got his interest a little
1: bit more (laughs) i think he's looking to i think he's looking to peak for that one so Uh
0: that's
1: all right so what uh anything in particular you guys are looking forward to next week in terms of the the northern trust what are are the early things you guys are watching
2: yeah the one thing that looked uh, stood out to me as I was looking through the FedEx Cup standings. Is there's a group of internationals, uh, for various reasons, have way fewer events played this year. Uh, compared to the, I mean, there's it's kind of an average of you see like 19, 20, 21 played, and all these guys are under 12 mm-hmm. events played and over the 70 to 125. So we have Tom Lewis, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Louis Oosthuizen, Tommy Fleetwood, and Ian Poulter. So I think I got a couple. I mean, Fleetwood and Oosthuizen in particular are kind of of interest. Just because they don't have those events played doesn't mean they should be in that placing. And I think they're more likely to play into the next few next few weeks.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah. extra motivation too. If you know your back's against the wall and you have to post a result, I think that, you know, Well, I
1: think on a similar note, I think it's going to be interesting. You've got um, Ricky at 88. You've got uh, Jordan Spieth is down there at 100. Uh, Ricky's won here before
2: too, I think. Brooks
1: is 97. Like, you've got some some big names down there uh, aside from the internationals that need to do work next week just to keep going. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how they how they respond i don't i bet you you know I, has ricky been in a situation in the playoffs where he's really had to go out there and and do something the first week to keep going i'm not sure yeah yeah we in one here in uh,
2: 2015 do you guys know who uh i i'm pretty sure the last pga event in boston do you know who won it
0: oh i think i read this today
1: DeChambeau?
2: Yeah, big
1: hey. <laughs> right.
2: I just started nice.
1: doing my research. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so does he automatically
1: uh the favorite I think to win? Rory, Rory was the year before, or
2: I mean, we got Bryson, JT, Rory, and Ricky the last four years. That's okay. It was it that's was a two yeah.
0: That's a foursome right there. So regarding favorites, I what I think about when we come up to these weeks where pretty much all the top guys are playing. Is there any big guys sitting this out that you know of? I'm not aware of I haven't heard any, yeah. no. But it, when you got all these guys, it just reminds you, like, how deep it is right now. You know, you could make yeah. a case for probably a dozen or 20 guys as to why this is going to be their week, and it's awesome. You know, the yeah. level of play is just – it's so high right now. It, it's yeah. fun. It's fun I got to watch I agree. You get, it's it's- – the best you get Tiger the in there too, yeah. yeah. You get Tiger in there too, and I mean, it, it was I, I've I know I've told you guys this before, but I just I went through my morning period when Tiger it looked like Tiger wasn't coming back there, and I I had a hard time for a few years, and then started to get an appreciation for all these young guys coming up, um, you know the guys like Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, all these guys, yeah. And now Tiger's back and. They all talk about how they want a piece of Tiger and how Tiger was influential and, and them, you know, becoming pros. It's it's just a great time to watch golf right now.
2: And you have those yeah. guys, I would say hitting their their peak, those JTs, their Rory's, yeah. and then you have kind of the next half class behind them of like the Morikawas and yeah. the Sung Jays and the Matthew Wolfs and Cameron Champs. It's kind it's this weird blend of tiger everyone who grew up on tiger and people who almost like you said never thought they would be playing in majors with tiger that are all together right now
0: yeah yeah it's a great time to watch golf so i'm you know i haven't really broke down any of my picks for next week um but i'm looking forward to it it's a tiger week
1: (laughs) yeah we'll be doing a show we'll be doing a show uh tomorrow tomorrow night live streaming uh where we're going to get into the tournament a bit more so uh, at least, at least me and Adam will will get into the DFS outlooks and and whatnot, and we'll we'll get in detail yeah. to some of the picks there.
0: I'll try to I'll try to get a few into you guys so you can you can announce them for me, anyways. I, I want <laughs> sure them on the thing. I'll, I'll make a I'll make a <laughs> I'll make a who's not gonna be seeing the BMW Championship call right now.
1: I want well, I was...
0: Brooks Kepka will not be see was... the BMW
1: Championship. I was oh, gonna kid. say if you would have looked at, at the model a little bit last week, you would have known the Brendan Todd was not good money because <laughs> we, we discussed that.
0: <laughs> I guess I I guess i missed that one. And <laughs> you know what you guys know I I, I love your model. I, I have nothing but respect for it, but I'm a I'm a pick from the cut kind of guy. You're <laughs> a field player. <laughs> I'm a field player. If I feel it in my bones then I put a few pretty few dollars on it. So, I guess that's uh is that pretty much it for for golf this week? Yeah, I
2: mean I got some other sports I could uh bring up. We got the uh for those not seeing our video, we got my Chargers hard hat in the background here and the LA Chargers are on hard knocks this season. LA Chargers,
1: Ooh. well done. Getting that, I know getting it's that it, LA. Again. Uh,
2: it still pains me a little bit. Uh, I mean, just like everything with the Chargers, it's a little bit less than you would expect. So they're sharing it with the, the L.A. Rams. Um, but episode one came out last week. We found out that uh, Coach Lynn had COVID at some point during the summer, and I heard there's
1: that. I didn't
2: know that. It's I don't know. It's just one of the best. Per- to see what they do from a week. And then a few days on the editing floor, and then produce this show. It's 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 an awesome watch. So I'm watching Hard Knocks on HBO. Well, not HBO Canada because they still don't show it up here. But
1: I do. I do think oh, we- that like one of the things that's great about Hard Knocks is sort of what we're trying to do with the cut show is they do such a good job of like telling the stories of like the compelling football stories that you just don't get otherwise like the people yeah. who are on the roster bubble that you know these are these are great human stories and and they're just not being told when you watch the Sunday broadcast and i mean remember i don't know if you remember when amandola was on the cowboys hard knocks and it was like the I story of the that. of the whole season everyone loved this little runty white boy receiver who was just a try hard trying to make the team and then the guy you know he said what a 10 year career or something um but yeah, no, it's 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 good TV, it's good stories.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a different insight than you'll ever get kind of week to week in the NFL.
1: What do you guys uh, uh, I got I got guys... a sports shout out. Um the if you guys haven't been watching any uh, basketball from the bubble, um yesterday Trails Trailblazers Grizzly Grizzlies, uh they had a playing game. It was uh, it was awesome. Um, so what's up was with that? So what,
2: what happened to Phoenix? Why? The...
1: So I Phoenix really... went perfect in the bubble, uh, but they basically they needed to go perfect and have other things happen to have a shot at the play play in game. Um, uh-huh. Well, I mean, it is fair. Like everything, the whole well, I know season that... <laughs> long up till there matters. You know. Um, but yeah, essentially, uh, Memphis and Portland did enough that they held on to their spots in the play-in game, and uh, it was it was good. Uh, I would not, I don't actually remember off the top of my head. I can look it up here real quick. Uh, I don't know who Portland faces now. Um, I think the Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah. yeah I, I so I was going to say I would Charles not want to be <laughs>
2: picking Portland to make the uh, at least the conference finals. I think. Man, wow. they're
1: dangerous. They're super dangerous. They can shoot they can shoot three balls. Um they've, they have got, a few, they've they have got a few
2: big men there too.
1: Yeah. Nurkic is is a good both ways, big man. And um, Carmelo Anthony's Resurgent. Uh yeah, no, it's good. I mean, Hello. I'm still it's for me it's still all about the Raptors. That's the team that I'm following. But uh it, it made for a, a good Saturday watch there yesterday. How about you, Kev? Well,
0: I've been uh I've been checking out that F1 drive to survive on Netflix gotten pretty into that. And so this morning I actually, I actually woke up at 6am my time here to watch my first F1 race. Wow. Uh, and so where was that taking place in the world? That was the Spanish Grand Prix this, this weekend. <laughs> uh, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton took it down for Mercedes, um, set the all time, all time podium mark. He, 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 was tied with Michael Schumacher at 155 podiums for his career, and he got with the win, he got 156. So he remains atop the the drivers' standings for this year. Anyways, I uh, I've gotten quite into this show. I am a guy who can honestly say I never gave a lick about any kind of auto <laughs> racing, and watching this show, I I it it much like Hard Knocks, it frame so what it is for people who who don't know is it's it's one season covers a season of f1 racing and it comes out after the season's over so they have they have guys crews following these guys i guess and they can choose what storylines they want to focus on and, and edit it to make those stories uh compelling and for somebody like myself who's just getting into the sport it's it lays a foundation of kind of some storylines and then, so season one was 2018 season two that I'm, I'm almost all the way through now is 2019 and now we're obviously live in 2020. So, um, I've, I feel like I have a couple years of background to go off of. Um, and it's, (laughs) you know, there's some comparisons to golf you could make. Um, it's a, an elitist sport for sure, um, and a lot of money in that one. I'll tell you, there's a lot of politics, yeah. a lot of drama. Uh, but it, but much like golf, it does it does. It's all about the the stories of the people, you know, the the drivers and the pick guys and the the race managers, all these guys. Yeah, so the, the team principals. I was so, gonna anyways, say,
1: I feel like I feel like probably like the it, it's one of these things where the most under It's like the offensive line in football like the most underappreciated guys the one tuning tuning the engine and doing all the the engineering calculations behind the scenes and the driver's the one that takes all the glory
0: well i i just had so i I was so ignorant about how the whole thing works and and how like every one of these these teams is designing a new car every year and it's I, i kind of assume they're sort of stock cars but they're not. It's like whoever like can...
1: dog. Like you could just drive them off the
0: <laughs> lot. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone... oh, so. Them. If I They're upgrade the like Civic, how
2: many upgrades until I get to my F one?
0: Well, I don't know. Again, it's just it's totally ignorant about any kind of auto racing, and uh, I don't know if it's different in NASCAR too. If if you can, I just assume that they kind of in a in a whatever class of driving it is, you kind of have the maximum you're allowed to use, and everybody uses that, but. I'm yeah. still learning about it, but the cars are not all created equal, <laughs> um, and a lot of the time it depends how much a, how
1: much of that well, you got so and I mean, I think it's one of these things too, where I, I know nothing about it. I do want to check with this Netflix series because I have heard great things, but um, I think it's one of these things where they're looking for the tiniest little edges um, like exactly like in in gol- you hear golfers talk about how they're looking for a tenth of a stroke in some little little tweak they're practicing and and something like that. I think it's the same in formula one where they're looking for fractions of, of a second over the course of a race that they can potentially, you know, redesign something for tune something for.
0: Yeah. And with each race, they try to make small adjustments going into the next one. And so the idea is that the car gets better throughout the year and everybody's kind of trying to jockey and keep up and, you know, get advantages. And anyway, I was happy i woke up at 6 a.m this morning so wow that goes to show it was good
2: i mean i mean translating or transitioning from kind of sport life did you guys see the eco challenge show release on prime video
0: i did not no
2: No. do you remember the eco challenge from like the early 2000s of
0: course i do yeah Yeah. team discovery
2: Discovery channel yeah so they brought it back and it's it's created
0: so awesome. I love yeah. that show. It's Mark, so Bur- Mark Burnell, isn't it? Cincinnati, of course. Mark yeah. Brunet? Or Bar- Mark Brunette. Mark, not Mark
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Mark that's Brunette. right.
2: Uh, hosted by Bear Grylls now. So he kind of oh. rides around in a helicopter and we get... So, I mean, from the early eco-challenges where it seems like we're... I mean, the camera's worse than an iPhone 6. We have 4K cameras. We have kind of everything out there. Um And they bring back some of the old teams like the Team New Zealand that uh, they say kind of in the first episode, yeah, this guy's like the MJ of the Eco Challenge. He's been doing it for 20 years and he just keeps getting titles and winning races and getting the championships. But yeah, it's an entertaining watch is a very talented Canadian team there, um, but they race kind of throughout Fiji and it's a uh, I'm not quite finished, but it's a it's a good watch.
1: I've got I've got a shout out here. I just got to grab it. Um, I uh, I just finished a book um, called called Gates of Fire uh, by by Stephen Pressfield. Is um, it about
2: Antonio Gates and how he uh, played basketball?
1: It isn't. Uh, it's basically huh. uh, like it's <laughs> it's historical it's historical fiction. Um, but it's basically like Three Hundred, the uh, the Battle at Thermopylae. But it oh, yeah. is a great, great um historical fiction novel about that. Uh and so I, I was looking this guy up afterwards, uh Steven Pressfield, and just to see what else he had written. And I saw that he wrote uh The Legend of Beggar vance So oh. I got a new one on my reading list. I, I mean I've seen I, I know you guys have too seen the, the Matt Damon um uh Will yeah. Smith movie uh but I I didn't realize actually that it was based on a novel so gonna have to check that one out i'll, I'll report time,
0: back that's why every time i'm on the course i'm looking for the feel <laughs>
1: <laughs> that i don't that the think
0: where, i've ever found it but
2: is that the one where it kind of zooms in yeah. like closer to the hole yeah, yeah. i never found that on the golf course
0: where where juna juna <laughs> i think his name is
1: juna yeah yeah it's yeah. a good one, though. It's a good movie.
0: It's entertaining, yeah. It's got people I like in it. I wouldn't yeah, say it's, exactly. it's going to win any Academy Awards, or I don't think it did. But... It's, a, it's a good
1: two hours. Did it move? It was here. Now it's here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just integrity. I know, know, know Patrick Pat Reed right wouldn't be there. making
1: that call. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry, <laughs> the pigs that- are hot. <laughs> So anything else going on in your guys' life you'd like to mention?
1: No, that's pretty much it over here. No, I'm looking forward to um, next week, golf tournament. I'm looking forward to the start of NBA playoffs here. Go Raps. Um, yeah, not a whole lot more.
2: What about you, Kev? you got some uh, toilet uh, potty training? Toilet
0: problems? Yep, body <laughs> body <laughs> trainings. what's happening around here. It's been a hell of a weekend, let me tell you. <laughs>
2: I can only imagine. I'll be there soon enough. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, guys, I think that's pretty much wrap for us tonight. Then, thank you for listening, uh, guys.
1: Where can people find you?
2: Uh, on Twitter, find me at Adam Bapte, Baptie B
1: A P T I E, and I am uh, on Twitter at Grandstand Craig, um, and you can find us uh, uh, collectively on Twitter at Grandstand Golf.
0: Yep, yeah, and I'm on Twitter at Grandstand Kevin. Um, you can also check out our website at grandstandgolf.com. Um, and please, we encourage you to join us in the grandstand every week uh, by tuning into the podcast here, uh, checking out the website. All of our content is there, and, and, and check out these guys' pick shows on, on Monday, right, guys?
2: Yeah, Craig and I will be on Twitch uh, sometime tomorrow to. Break down the uh, TBC Boston and Northern Trust, and look through some of the DFS salaries and see who we like.
1: Yeah, we don't have a time right now, but uh, we'll tr- we'll try to firm up a time uh, to to go every week so that you can come in and ask any questions you want, and and we can talk through it together. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I don't know whether we'll be doing a, a Wednesday last look or not, but then for sure we'll be doing a Friday cut show. So check us out on twitch as well uh grandstand golf um or if you follow us on twitter uh we'll uh we'll let you know whenever we're going live yeah all right
0: guys well thanks thanks for listening everybody and thanks for joining me tonight guys and hope you have a great week we'll see you next week at the mother trust thanks
2: guys take care thanks a lot